You're listening to Level Up with Melissa Zalouf from Iron Source. Uh, welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Level Up, the podcast for people who love making, growing, and of course, playing mobile games. This episode is the third installment in our Growth Loop mini-series, exploring a new paradigm in game growth. In the previous two episodes, we introduced the idea of the growth loop and dove into stage one, which was user acquisition. In this episode, we'll be taking a closer look at stage two, monetization. And here to guide us on this journey is Yevgeny Perez, appropriately titled VP Growth at IronSource. Yevgeny, thanks so much for being with us today. Hey, Melissa. Thanks for having me again. So before we dive into the next stage of the growth loop, let's summarize for anyone who who didn't listen to episode two, uh, what we discussed about stage one, just to keep everything confusing. Um, Can you give a a quick overview of the last episode? Yes. Um, So the last episode was focused on uh, the first uh, stage of four within the loop, um, where the loop basically talks about how do you create a framework where you are able to grow uh, your product into uh, a business that uh, is somewhat maximized when it comes to a certain game, uh, where the idea is you um, have four stages uh, that start with bringing users into your game, whether it's organic or uh, through paid channels. Then um, stage two would be monetizing those users. Stage three would be measuring how those users uh, behave and engage with your product. And stage four would be analyzing and connecting the dots uh, of that uh, um, behavior within the product through through its marketing channels and how do you close that loop and make the right decisions for tomorrow morning where you'll be smarter in how you acquire users and be smarter in how you uh, uh, monetize those users. Or so last episode, we zoomed in on stage one which was essentially how do you bring users into your game uh, for people to engage with with your product and and monetize later on. Mm -hmm. So this next stage, as we mentioned, is monetization. Mm -hmm. Why does monetization in the growth loop come after user acquisition? Um, Does this mean game developers shouldn't be thinking of monetization during development stages? Uh, Definitely no. Um, So so the growth loop takes place or starts... uh, after you have initial version of your game. Uh, the game life cycle starts with uh, building it uh, and deciding uh, what game should I build, what product should I build, what 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 would be the right decision for me, and, and then uh, you dive into building your uh, core uh, loop within the game uh, and kind of wrapping uh, the content around it and, and the design and, and development around it. And definitely monetization sh- uh, should be uh, part of that initial stage of designing the the core loop, where where uh, that would be the basically how do users engage with your game, and where would be the right uh, place to uh, have them decide whether they monetize or not. And um, so definitely no. Um, and the reason it starts with user acquisition, it's basically so once you have that initial uh, product ready you would like to start bringing users into your game. Um, and whether it's, again, through uh, page channels or organic, uh, um, organics that will be coming in through Featured or if you have an IP-based game, uh, once you have that product ready for those people to come in and test it, uh, that's basically the first stage of that loop. And the second stage would be monetizing those users. And what's the end goal of this stage? Monetizing those users. Um, basically, yeah, it's... Uh, um, 
it's it's if you had to sort of put a metric on it exactly so so the metric on on uh, it's stages two and three combined would be maximizing your ltv or you would like to put something that is uh, more more feasible, some some uh, something around like a day thirty uh, ARPU average revenue per user. Uh, but that would be the main goal of uh, of, of of that uh, uh, those two stages, given the users that are coming in. It's very important to keep that in mind. So if you started with with your first week of users were users that were, were coming in because you were featured, uh, it would be, their behavior would be different than. Um, the next couple of weeks where uh, those users were coming from a certain channel through a certain creative, their behavior would be different. So the comparison of what does that mean, maximizing your output cannot be a week over week comparison, but rather um, that's also something that needs to be uh, a big part of designing the and developing the game is, is creating a framework that things can be tested. So if you have a couple thousand users coming in, how do you know that you monetize them uh, better than yesterday, you have to test yesterday versus today by applying both strategies in a, a sort of an A-B testing environment. Uh, and that would be kind of removing that degree of freedom of the, today, are today's users the same users that came in last week? Mm-hmm. And besides LTV, what other metrics should game developers be sort of looking to track here? Um, so... LTV is kind of the, the end uh, goal of uh, when you think about monetization. Um, and and um, uh, ARPU obviously is, uh, uh, let's say, day 30 ARPU, which is would be how much revenue uh, a certain cohort generates within its 30, uh, first 30 days. Uh, you, 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 that would be the end goal. And, and there are some leading things you can think about um, to put in place to understand if something is broken or something is wrong or something is trending down. The most obvious one and uh, would obviously be uh, retention. So out of a thousand users that came in today, how many of them stayed uh, the next morning? You have metrics like um, number of sessions, session length, uh, um, average revenue per daily active user, uh, Arbdell. Um, where Arbdell going up or down does not necessarily mean your LTV will go up or down. But it's important metrics to put in place to understand what uh, what uh, if you if you're testing something and you're always testing something what what exactly are the results? Um, Arbdow, for example, going um, down might actually create a situation where LTV goes up. Uh, if, for example, you've you've been playing around with some ads and you maybe put too many ads and they're throttling things down. So yes, LTV uh, will go higher because retention will, will, will be higher. Uh, but actually, your ARPDAO went down. Uh, so that's something that uh, I, I believe we'll be diving deeper later on. But this is uh, understanding how metrics behave uh, one versus the other. Um, and understanding that one metric does not necessarily, going up does not necessarily uh, mean that LTV will go up. LTV still mm-hmm. would be the leading uh, metric in place. Mm-hmm. So looking at monetization, um, it, oh, maybe actually before we really dive in, it's obvious the growth loop is, is beneficial for ad-based games because the, the increased connection between ad monetization and UA feed into each other, as you've described, for more kind of informed decision-making. But does the growth loop also um, apply to IP, more IP-based games? Is it as impactful for them? And if so, why? It is. It is. It's. Um, it's. I think that the, 
we can we can um, I think maybe um, focus on, on some of the main differences between IAP based games and and based games um, because at the end of the day um, that uh, that stage stage uh, that that is dealing with the product itself itself stage two and three uh, those are stages that you uh, improve and optimize and execute through the product itself that will be the game itself um, and uh, the decision you make um, still rely on the users that came in uh, yesterday or 30 days ago and and, and, and this is where uh, assuming you have put um, the right uh, framework in place to test and measure things because without it this whole loop is broken um, you will see very similar uh, um, metrics, though your insights and your ability to impact them would be different. Uh, a good example would be um, ad-based games uh, or let's say games that rely heavily on ads. They tend to have a much, much lower uh, uh, longer term retention. So by day 30, uh, pretty much um, you know, 99% of your users are not playing your game. So this means that the decisions you're making and the product uh, optimizations you're making are focused on the first 30 days of the user. When you look at, at, at a certain uh, IP-based product, um, you will have a much higher, uh, for, for the successful games out there, you will have a much higher long-term retention. And, and a lot of the product changes are actually optimizing the behavior of your users that have been playing your game for a couple of months. So how do you provide them with the right content within the right timing? And how do you basically get them to a point where they see enough value for them to spend money? And that would be testing things that are much deeper into the life uh, uh, of that game with that specific user. Uh, but still, at the end of the day, it's something that uh, theoretically is, uh, uh, in the abstract uh, perspective, is similar. Uh, another key thing would be uh, the amount of users uh, that would be coming in. So that basically, it's the amount of data. Uh, when mm-hmm. you think about, uh, and, and this is where I think, like, this is where kind of reality uh, kicks in. Uh, when you look at uh, IP-based games, uh, even the successful ones, we're talking about um, um, less uh, users that are coming in uh, on a daily basis when you compare it to a very successful uh, ad-based game. So this means that you have less people uh, uh, we, we mentioned IPM uh, as one of the metrics to monitor in stage one, which would be the installs per 1,000 impressions. So here would be, you would have, on average, a much, much lower IPM. So you'll need to have many more users engaging with your ads to have, to achieve the same amount of installs. Out of those installs that uh, are playing your game, let's assume both, you, ha- you have achieved 100,000 users, new users for both products. Uh, maybe one, two, or three percent would monetize through in-app purchases for, for an IP-based uh, the product. That would be a huge drop. When you think about ad-based games, you would have 70% of those users monetizing. So statistically, we'll have much data to play around with in testing. And then you keep going uh, deeper. How many users will monetize twice? How many users will come back after a week and monetize again? Uh, so it's just much harder to... Uh, have enough data and also to decide on the go and make decisions, it just takes longer and longer and longer to, until you have enough data to make a decision. Uh, and that would be the key differences. Uh, so it's definitely much easier to play around with uh, with ad-based uh, games with the loop, but still IP games can uh, enjoy the same framework and apply it here too. Mm-hmm. 
And assuming you um, you do have kind of virtual currency in place and you and you have a free-to-play game, how do you design your economy so that people are invested enough to use and engage with that currency? And how do you balance hard and soft, for example? Um, Big question. Yeah, uh, <laughs> how do you succeed in building an IAP-based game in, in two sentences or less? I think one would be is how much you start with and how exactly do you build the show the value of what a gem is what a hard currency is within your game how do you get the users to spend it so they they now understand that i just spent something that is worth 50 cents and did i enjoy it or not will i do this again because you're going to be soon out of gems will you be spending again uh balancing uh that versus versus soft currency something that's as the game progresses, uh, it needs to be balanced over and over again uh, to deal with um, the, be- the, kind of the behavior of the economy for that specific user, and especially if it's a PvP uh, multiplayer game. Um, uh, so the value uh, changes over time. But I think introducing, just introducing the currency itself, but whether it's soft or hard, into the game, part of the onboarding uh, experience, part of the even the first time user experience uh, is, I think, is critical. But also down, down, the, down the line after the users are engaged enough to see the value. Uh, obviously, that needs to be part of the initial design uh, with the ability, the configurable ability to change that. And, and I think that the, the the second part would be how do um, um, ad based products uh, help that. Um, a good example would be the, the user-initiated products, would be the rewarded videos and the, the offer walls. Uh, offer wall would be a good example of a, an ad product that is tied uh, completely to uh, the, the hard currency. So instead of buying 100 gems for 99 cents, you can now uh, engage with a certain uh, offer wall ad and get those 100 gems. And you have the option. Uh, and now you have someone that didn't want to spend money. They did something else. They got those 100 gems and they will now know the value. And maybe down the line, they will keep monetizing to the awful or even uh, further download, uh, uh, engage with with, uh, with, the, with in-app purchases. Um, and uh, the worded video product would be a good example of something that helps you engage with soft currency, virtual items, and essentially educating that user what is the worth uh, of those uh, virtual items or currency. And as speaking of kind of balancing an economy, how do you, can ads, I mean, well, they must do, but how do ads impact IP engagement? When you have, uh, there's two different ad products, right? There's um, user-initiated, which we listed earlier, we the awful, the, the rewarded video uh, products where people decide to engage with an ad product to get something in return, uh, those uh, virtual currency or items. And there are the system initiated products that are just there popping up, uh, not necessarily when you expect them. Those would be the banners, the interstitial ads, full screen ads. Um, and what's common sense here is that if you show too many of those system initiated ads, if you show too many banners, too many ads, you will have people leave the game. That will be too much for them uh, if you are too aggressive. We kind of mentioned that ARPDAO metric earlier, but yes, if you push too uh, much on that throttle of uh, system initiated ads, you show 25 ads, 45, 60 ads over time, 
for that specific uh, user cohort, you will have your ARPDEV going up, but none of those users will stay the next morning. So your retention will drop significantly. Putting aside the, the system initiated ads that are kind of uh, have that impact uh, on retention, but you still you want to maximize that. And may, maybe there is a sweet spot that it still makes sense. Um, there is one, you just need to find it for for the rewarded uh, ad products. That's actually uh, much more interesting because we, we kind of touched this, this earlier. Uh, how do you kind of educate those users to engage with with the with the, with the currency um, to, to to see that value? Rewarded products would be a good good tool to use that. Uh, but think about something that are even th things that are even deeper when you have optimizing your session length, optimizing your retention, where you have the use use case of those ad products are car uh, are actually part of the core loop of the game where now if you, you've been playing for a couple of minutes and now you're you almost finished that mission and you failed you got shot or something and now you have the option to revive uh and you either go back and restart or you watch your word video and revive and now you finish that um and thanks to that video which uh, generated some a certain revenue and now you've progressed you now engage more with the content now you need to use the, those gems to power up your your character uh, you have that. You have the ability to engage with that through in-app purchases as well. So, in, in many cases, and you can kind of Google that. Uh, various uh, games out there has been proven that rewarded ad products actually can improve engagement with in-app purchases, improve retention, and a lot of it is based on how it is. If it is really implemented and executed as part of the core uh, loop within the game. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's useful because you've already started kind of talking about um, different types of, of kind of ad implementations or, or maybe different types of ads, uh, user initiated and system initiated, or perhaps a little more simply kind of uh, rewarded and, and I guess non-rewarded. So what's the difference exactly between these two types and um, a quick run through which formats fall in which buckets? Sure. Um, let's do this kind of uh, bottom up. Um literally bottom up, thinking about the batter, the bottom of the game you're playing, that would be a good example of, uh, this is system initiated by system being the developer itself. They just put it there, they decide where it's gonna be, how how frequently are those ads gonna uh, cycle through, that's gonna be every 15, every 30 seconds, every minute. Um, that's gonna be uh, the ad, uh, the format would be a banner, it is what it is. Um, the next one up would be, um, uh, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm only going to be talking about the common ones. I'm not going to go into kind of the MREC native uh, options, but there's going to be the full screen system initiated. That would be the static or video or playable interactive ads that just appear there out of a sudden. You've been playing a game. You Maybe you failed. Maybe you're like just waiting to have something and then it just pops up. That... Being, that being popped up there, that would be system animation. That would be a, a full screen interstitial video static uh, playable. Those two products are system animation. They are not, uh, th they kind of fall into that bucket of uh, ads are not necessarily a good thing. It's not part of the game. It just pops up there to generate revenue. The market obviously is already at the point where the users are they understand that game developers need to make money ads uh, is a completely legitimate way to do that but it's just something that is interfering with experience so usually uh, unless you implement it really perfectly well and then it's just going to be interfering less but it's still something that people do not expect it's not part of the natural flow then you're going to have the 
the rewarded ad products, which I mentioned earlier, the rewarded video, which would be, if implemented uh, correctly, would be a part of the uh, core uh, game loop. That would be if you failed and now you, you, you have the option to revive, you have the option to watch a video. If you now have um, the option to double your rewards from winning, the, like opening a certain crate. If you're now coming back from not playing a week and now you have your the daily, weekly booster. So all of these kind of uh, options that you are offered to watch a video, to do X, to double down, to boost, to get a free shield, a free booster, whatever it is, that would be a good example for reward video. As you noticed, it's, oh, it's user initiated. They have the option to engage with it or not. And in return, they will get that uh, value exchange. And the last one would be Yaffle, which is uh, less common, but still something that uh, is a very uh, uh, sustainable and, and strong uh, product. It just appears in less games, but those that have implemented correctly are using this as, um, as a big part of their uh, monetization uh, pie. And, and that would be uh, Yaffle, where you find it usually in the store itself, where you have the option to either buy gems or complete uh, certain offers and then you go there and you can now achieve that uh, of those gems uh, through engaging with that product that's that's kind of uh, how much uh, user initiative it is it's usually just part of your um, uh, placement where you just sell those gems uh, so it's kind of more hidden so less people engage with that product so uh, user initiated obviously sounds better for users um, and, and probably for the game experience. Should game developers uh, ignore interstitials altogether? Uh, no, not at all. Uh, I think uh, from, from what, what I've seen uh, across the board is interstitials um, um, is something that needs to be implemented late, at a later uh, stage or it, it can be implemented uh, from day zero, but it, uh, it needs to scale up and kind of be turned on later um, after you have enough uh, behavioral, uh, behavior of those users. Uh, then we look at that pile of users that came in yesterday. How did that behave? Uh, what exactly are going to do with, with them? And, and those interstitials, those banners, something that can be turned on later. If you turn it on too soon, you're just going to harm the amount of data you have because it will impact uh, retention uh, in a negative way. Once you have that uh, baseline uh, behavior, now you can introduce and turn it on, test it. 80% uh, of users are going to get into social, 20% are not going to get into social. And then you monitor, you, you look at the metrics, you look at your ARBDAO and you look at the retention. ARBDAO is going to go up, retention is going to go down. What do you do? You wait. You wait, uh, let's say, for eight days to have your day seven uh, 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 mature cohort. And then you will see if ARPU went up or down. Then you can decide, okay, this actually is a step up on my uh, day seven ARPU, 20% up. Okay, that means that's good. I want to keep in decision. Now you need to start uh, tuning it. So do you want to show it five times a day to... Uh, to two times in, in the first session or not in the first session. You kind of start iterating on all those assumptions and rolling this out uh, over time. Or at the end of the day, if you if you are an ad-based game, uh, yes, interstitials, system-initiated ads uh, are probably right for you, but you just need to introduce them slowly 
uh, after the game has already uh, achieved a certain attraction. So you can now have enough data to make those decisions. If you start with interstitials in place from the get-go, too much, uh, too much of those, you're going to lose a lot of data. You're going to lose a lot of users. It's just going to cost you more money to get enough of that data back in. Mm-hmm. And you've said that rewarded videos are most effective when they're designed into the core. They're an integral part of the core game loop. Um, and, and obviously they're sort of less hard to balance in terms of up-down retention. What are some examples of rewarded video placements which you've seen that really work? As a whole, the, the idle uh, game genre is something that has been over time very successful at implementing ads. Um, so that would be uh, a big, uh, uh, a very good example. Some of them are only relevant for idle games, uh, but most of those placements are actually uh, great um, uh, in general. Uh, I think th- uh, there's going to be some, some things that are missing there. And I think the good example would be um, um, if this is, uh, you know, like a, an endless runner, that would be the revive option. That would be the, one of those uh, uh, placements that are part of the core loop where you have the option to keep playing keep evolving, uh, make your session longer, uh, have a, a, a much happier user, much more engaged user. Um, that would be a good example. The example of um, increasing your uh, uh, reward, right? So you just achieved something, you won 50 gems, 100 coins, whatever it is. Now you have the option to double that. That's something that uh, is a good example. Uh, also something that actually exists a lot in idle games. Um, good example would be also um, uh, time-based um, um, placements where you have the option to use a certain booster, but you need to, uh, you can only use it every six hours. So you just used it where, they, let's say, it boosts your ability to, I don't know, your weapon is now stronger. And, and you know that uh, after you used a couple of times, now you need to wait six hours to turn it back on. This means that that user, if that user is engaged, now it's going to be even more engaged with that. They're going to be keep coming in after six hours, every six hours to hit that booster again. Um, again, idle as in, in general uh, would be a good example. Um, I, I advise starting there first. By contrast, off a wall, uh, which you have mentioned as well, are not offers are not usually integrated into the core loop um sort of they sit outside the game acting like a mini store why isn't it best practice to incorporate offer wall into the core loop of a game it kind of breaks the loop essentially because it requires a lot from you a reward video is a 15 30 second instant uh, engagement that rewards you with something that you need to keep uh, keep progressing in the game the offer would be hey uh, you need hard currency and hard currency is not but by itself. When you purchase hard currency, usually that's not part of the core loop. It kind of is part of the core loop. If you're stuck and you kind of need that, you're out of gems and you need those gems to buy a certain power up, or you just go to the store to kind of uh, rebalance your hard currency. And if you're in the store, you have the option to pay dollars or you have the option to engage with the alpha wall and spend some time there. So essentially it's gonna be just not that kind of product that you would like to be part of that loop, but you still want it to be uh, an option for the users that do not wanna spend money yet. Um, I hope that answers the question. Yes. 
It did. Um, so uh, speaking of hard and soft currency, um, and and we also talked about how ads can kind of impact uh, uh, IAPs. Sometimes game developers are afraid that rewarded videos or off walls will cannibalize uh, will cannibalize IAPs. Is this a real risk, and and how can they avoid this? Um, it's it's a fair uh, concern, I would say. Um, obviously, when looking at the successful games out there that have implemented both, you can kind of understand uh, how this should be implemented to avoid that. Uh, there have been many experiments out there that tested that to see that impact. Um, um, obviously, you need to measure the right things. Uh, you have you need to have the right hooks in place to allow uh, testing those hypotheses. Um, big difference between the two products, and essentially testing that uh, would give you the answer. There are examples both ways, but it's a it's a fair concern as long uh, uh, until you test it. Uh, and once you test it, you will have the answer. If you uh, start with following best practices, you're probably going to uh, get a good answer there. So it not only does not cannibalize, but actually increase the uh, IP spent um, after those products are uh, introduced in the right way. And and why is that the case? Um, we we kind of touched this earlier. Um, it would be a lot of it would be based on how... Uh, you treat those users that are already highly engaged. You have another option to provide them with uh, um, with uh, with currency, with virtual items. Um, and um, for those that are not yet uh, there, is how do you educate them and how do you uh, on what that currency means, what those virtual items are about, and also you ha- give them the option to keep playing for longer. And if you're playing for longer, they, they will stick for longer and they will behave as more engaged users and down the line once they want to uh, progress uh, longer uh, or faster or they need access to something, they will spend on those IPs where if you go back in time, you might have uh, lost that user uh, if you wouldn't have given them that option to engage rewards products. And again, so it's a just gateway testing drug. that... Uh, no, not necessarily. <laughs> it's more, uh, uh, it's it's another tool to, tool to play with, essentially. And if you test it, I think if you introduce it in the right way, you'll 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 be able to achieve uh, the right outcome. And what are some of the advantages to? So we talked a little bit about how to how to balance uh, system initiated ads, um, and they're obviously kind of most common in in hyper casual games, um, in the sense that they also have slightly less developed uh, in game economies. What other genres can sort of benefit from um, interstitials, um, and sort of what are what are the benefits? So you know, theoretically, any any monetization products that you introduce whatever the product is uh, wherever it is it's going to generate a certain amount of revenue let's assume it's not zero but it's going to generate something any product out there um the question lies you know whether or not you should you should do that and you need to test that to answer that um but theoretically any any app out there can introduce those and they will generate revenues but the question would be okay does that still make sense for me to keep it because maybe I'm actually making less overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned the, this balance thing. I think this is just something that is you need. What you need to balance is you kind of balancing the the ads um, 
to be Revenue placed in there. Mm. What you're balancing is what is the right implementation. You're not balancing ARBDAO and attention. You cannot balance that because you know that one goes up and that one goes down by design when you when when you when you uh, introduce those ads. What does that mean? Like, where's that balance? If you keep pushing more, it keeps going up, and our attention keeps going down. So, like, mm. if, you know, it's not something that hits a point where it needs to be uh, balanced. So, and the outcome of whatever balancing means would be maximizing your day thirty ARPU or LTV or day seven ARPU, whatever you put in place to understand the overarching monetization. But that would be, in general, how much revenue did that go or generate? And, and testing and iterating over time, hitting that right uh, mix, right placement, right frequency, that would be the answer of maximizing that, uh, that cohort's revenue and that whatever the balance is, which would be placement, frequency, type of ads, or not at all, uh, then that would be the right balance for your product, whatever, whether it's a game or not, uh, hyper-casual or not. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as you have the data to answer that. Mm-hmm. Last question, not a small one, uh, about segmentation, um, which is, of course, not something that's only relevant for ad monetization. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do you suggest game developers get started with segmentation in the context of kind of being in stage two of the loop? Um, sure. So to me, uh, segmentation... In the context of the loop, is dealing with uh, kind of two main uh, uh, things. One would be uh, where uh, where did that user come from, right? So mm-hmm. if I know a certain user is coming from a certain channel, a certain ad, what I do with it. And the second would be segmenting users that are already uh, already using your product. So a good example would be okay if I have people that are uh, only engaging with a certain IP pack, maybe I can offer something on top of this pack and I can cater to the the, the need of those specific user. Um, maybe I have users that are not spending at all. Maybe I know if those users, a good, like a good example would be, okay, I have people that did not monetize for 30 days with any of their purchases. Let's show some system you should ask those users, trying to monetize them in a different way. Um, so one would be around uh, measurement, I would say. How do you measure uh, everything that can help you just make those decisions later? And the second would be taking action down the road. I, I would just suggest with creating that framework where you measure, you understand how can you break those users into certain buckets. Um, a good example, by the way, would be something that we've seen across the board um, for ad-based games, actually, is the acquisition channel where we saw that people that were acquired organically did not engage well at all with system initiated ads compared to paid users uh, and even deeper examples where you have people that were acquired through an awful wall so that user is now playing your game because he saw an awful an ad on a certain uh, game out there now they're they're playing with the, with your with your game and if you have the off wall product within your game as well, they will be much more likely to engage with it. So why not put it in front of them earlier on if you know that that user was acquired to an awful wall? 
So all these uh, different segments are based on data that is captured uh, and needs to be uh, measured and analyzed. And then what exactly do you do with it will require some uh, some time and maybe some product work as well, usually, uh, if you don't have it in place uh, from the get-go. Uh, but it's definitely something that is worthwhile both for new users and both for users that are um, already engaged with your product. Excellent. Well, thank you once again, Yevgeny, uh, for another great episode on The Growth Loop. And thank you to everyone else for listening in. Tune in next episode with Yevgeny, where we're going to talk about stage three of The Growth Loop, which is basically to take everything we've just talked about today and start analyzing and optimizing it. See you next time. 